0: On this week's episode, my good friend Chelsea Handler stops by to say, Hello, Ross.
1: My relationship with Joe Coy was a big, huge opening for me. Like, it blew my heart open. It blew my mind open. I was able to compromise in a relationship in ways that I never have before. All that and so much more
0: coming up. (laughs)
1: Uh, Well, hello there.
0: Hi, it's me, Ross Matthews. And uh, you found me. Yeah, here I am on my brand new podcast, Hello, Ross. This is so exciting. The truth is, you know, I, I've been podcasting for a really long time. You know, I started back in, I think, like 2012. Um, but but this podcast is going to be different. It really is. And, and the truth is, is because I feel a little different. You know, I'm growing up. Isn't it weird? We're all getting older. And I know, yeah, I agree with you. I still have the skin of a 25-year-old. Some would say 23. But um, And who am I to argue? But the truth is, I just celebrated my 43rd birthday. (gasps) I know. How do you think I feel? 43 years old. But you know what? It's kind of fabulous getting older. I mean, I had a great birthday party. I had a bunch of my closest friends come to Palm Springs and I did what I like to do. Uh, I went to the casino for my favorite soup. It's a pozole. Uh, And uh, I played penny slots. I won $92. Thank you very much. No, the, the birthday gods were shining on me. I live my life like an active senior citizen uh, here in Palm Springs. I wear elastic head to toe and a slip on shoe. And I love a penny slot. Okay. Every hour is happy hour here. And I'm living the life I always dreamed of. Although my favorite birthday party ever, I have to say was when I was like eight and I convinced my parents, it took like a year to have my birthday party at McDonald's. Did you guys ever do that? Oh, Oh my God. This was my rich kid fantasy. We were not rich kids. But the kids who I like always wanted to be uh, growing up in elementary school, the kids who lived on the Hill and had like actual Sport backpacks, they were the kind of kids who had birthday parties at McDonald's. I wanted that. I didn't have a Sport backpack. My backpack was like something my got my dad got at like a trucker convention. It had like a trucker logo on it. And I put like a gem in the hologram pin over that. It was kind of fabulous, I have to say. But I that McDonald's birthday party was the dream. And somehow my parents made it happen. And all my friends, we all got like happy meals. You know, remember those happy meals with the toys? Like you remember the changeables were like a quarter pounder turned into a robot. I loved that. And the Muppet babies, I collected those. Berenstain bears, all of them. Well, I've had that birthday party, McDonald's. That was the dream. But this one, this 43rd at the casino, I have to say was pretty good. I do love getting older. I do, you know. Yeah, the hair is gray and the face begins to drip and drop. But like you know, things. I used to I used to think there was strength in in saying like, oh my god, I'm still the person I've always been. I'm still the same. I don't know that that's true. I mean, I think I think maybe inside our our core that we are, we do remain who they who we are. I'm still like the same soul I was growing up in the little farm town. But you know, I've been interviewing like the most famous people in the world for. For twenty two years now, I started on the Tonight Show in two thousand one. do the math, and so maybe I have changed, and you know what i think I think we need to grow I, I, and this is like heavy, but I really think with everything that we go through in life, you know the loss and achievements, heartache, pain, grief, all of it, I think if you pay attention, if you really pay attention, you grow if you don't, you don't and i I like I like the growth. I like growing up. I like getting older. I don't like the fact that my neck sags. That's going to be taken care of eventually. Promise. One day you'll tune in and you'll be like, oh, look who got a jawline. Yeah, It'll be me. <laughs> but I do think, I think there's strength in evolving. And that is what this show is for me. I really thought about what I wanted to do. And, you know, I was taken back to, to my childhood right around that time when I had that McDonald's birthday party, which was like the bomb. I have to say, everyone's still talking about it. I remember when I was that age, I loved Mr. Rogers. Did you guys watch Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? I loved that. I always kind of wanted to be him. And not just because I really truly believe that I can rock a blazer and a cardigan equally well. Um, But I loved how people would just come to his door like ding dong. Someone would be there and, uh, you know, could be his mailman or whoever. But whoever they were, Mr. Rogers was absolutely fascinated by them. They were fascinating because he thought they were fascinating. And I always learned something from them. I kind of want, I kind of want Hella Ross, this show to be like that. It's not Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, but it's, it could be Mr. Matthews' neighborhood, right? (laughs) So every week on this show, somebody I find absolutely fascinating will, will join me for a convo that may be hilarious or heartfelt or heartbreaking or thought-provoking, or unreal, or all of the above. And I hope that you'll come here every week, every week to laugh with me and to learn with me, because I'm a constant work in progress. You know, from that McDonald's when I was eight to now, as I'm a 43-year-old married man, I'm always trying to reach for some version of my potential. So come on the journey with me. We'll have a good time, I promise. Welcome to the show. I could think, I could not think of a better person to kick it off with than my friend Chelsea Handler. When it comes to evolution and growth, wow, Chelsea is what the kids call hashtag goals, right? She she hosted Chelsea lately forever on E. I was there, you know that. She had her own show and documentaries on Netflix. She has a podcast called Dear Chelsea, and yours truly was just a guest on that show. She's currently. On a tour called "Horny and Vaccinated," I saw her uh, in uh, in New York. So funny! She just ended a really high profile relationship with our friend Joe She guest hosted Jimmy Kimmel Live to great acclaim recently, and and she just hinted that she may want to bring back Chelsea lately as a new show called Chelsea Later. Well, coming up, we talk about all of that. Stick around. Chelsea Handler's here to say hello, Ron. <laughs> And do da 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 Hello Ross. Oh hi Chelsea Handler. Oh my god. Hi Ross. You know I'm so thrilled that you're doing this. It's this new thing that I'm doing and it's so appropriate that you'd be one of my very first guests because
1: uh, uh, absolutely
0: well i don't know if you know this and i'm, I'm going to talk at you which is what professional interviewers should never do but i'm going to tell you something chelsea handler about about you uh you know i get asked about you on the regular because we were on chelsea lately forever and so it, like not a day goes by when someone asks me what's chelsea handler really like and i always say one word and i want to tell you why i say this word but i'm, I'm going to take you back a little bit we met uh like during the tonight show days do you remember this? I was a correspondent. Yeah. You came in. Yeah. We went on the road together. Remember chicken fingers and sushi and a hotel and
1: mm.
0: uh huh. And then those you were got the days. Those are the days. Chicken fingers,
1: chicken fingers, chicken fingers. I could never get tired of a chicken finger. No, it's
0: arguably the most delicious part of a chicken. It's my favorite part, the chicken finger. Um, and we uh, we just hit it off. And then you, we could not be two different. Types of people, though, right? Especially back in the early days. You know, I was like a Disney character. <laughs>
1: you well, you still are all Disney that. Let's and you not get it twisted. And I, I'm like Cinderella's evil twin sister, <laughs> or whatever that other sister was. That cunt.
0: Now you are like you're just you know everyone knows where you stand all the time, which is is envious from my position. I would, I would I yearn to be more like that. I'm working on it. I'm trying to. But I remember just kind of being in awe of you. And then when you got. Your show, Chelsea Lately, I don't know if you remember this, but you asked me on and it's a round table of comics and I'm like Ross, the intern. I'm still on Leno. I'm, you know, and I come on your show. And the thing about Chelsea Lately is it wasn't scripted. You'd throw the topic out, the comics, we'd all just sort of hit it, you know, try to get our joke in there. I said nothing the first time. And you asked me back. And I remember saying to you, I saw the email, I wrote like, I don't think it's a good fit. I'm not good at this. And you wrote to me, you said, you're funnier than you think you are. And I came on your show and I said a joke and the audience laughed and you turned to me and you said someone's coming into his own. And you were the first person to call me Ross Matthews on television to give me a last name to lift me up. And I remember thinking here's this woman who has this her name on the building her name on the show and it must be so intimidating for her and what she's worried about is bringing people along with her. So the word I use Chelsea to describe you is like a sister. That's the energy You have. And I see it in your Instagram post with all your family. That that to me sort of sums you up. Like you take people on the journey. You take care of people. And I'm wondering why? What is that about you? Do you feel this need to do that?
1: Oh, First of all, you're bringing tears to my eyes. That story is so sweet. I don't remember that.
0: I remember. I think about it a lot.
1: I love that. I love that. And look at you now. You just needed somebody to tell you you were funny, mm-hmm. which is I really think, you know, everybody needs to be seen. Every person has something to offer and sometimes they don't even know what it is. So I like to tell people what their value is in mm-hmm. case somebody hasn't told them recently.
0: Where do you get that? Like, how do you how did you decide to do that? Or is it just innate in you?
1: Um, I don't really know. I've, I've, uh, I don't know. I I guess probably because I have so much confidence of my own <laughs> that I'm trying to fucking bleed it into other people. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where I got my own confidence. Were
0: believe your parents me, like this? Were they, did they, did they tell you you could do anything that you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Oh, they they, did. I mean, I was a white girl from New Jersey in a middle-class neighborhood, so I believed <laughs> I could do anything. And believe me, they told me over and over again, but uh, no, my mom was really generous of spirit. She didn't have my personality, but she was very kind. Mm. My father was very confident, not as kind. Uh, But my mom, I would say probably from my mom, like my mom was very sensitive to people being left out. And I think the thing about Chelsea lately, specifically in my experience of my whole career was that. That was a moment to bring people in and bring, you know, and yes, that is my nature. I like to bring people in. I also, when I don't like somebody, I want them out.
0: Yeah. But I've, <laughs> I've seen you do I, that. <laughs>
1: I like, I also like underdogs. I want people to yeah. be lit up like Christmas trees. Like when somebody doesn't feel like they have the confidence or they don't believe in themselves yet, it's like, I know I can bring that to them and I want to.
0: I think it is your mom. I don't know. Whenever you talk about your mom, and I, I met you, I think, right after she passed away. Whenever you talk about her, I feel her there. Isn't that weird? Even when I didn't know her. And um, I actually thought about that when my mom, my own mom passed away. I remember thinking, like, oh, now I kind of get why Chelsea's eyes... Weld every time we brought her up, you know, or that she came up. I just feel like she's there for you. I don't, is that weird? Do you have,
1: do you have a sign with your mom? Like something that your mom, when you see something that reminds you of your mom or that she's like, that she shows you?
0: I do. She said, um, she always said she'd come back as a hummingbird, which I think a lot of people say, you know, but I do have an extraordinary amount of hummingbirds around me. Maybe because I live like a proper homosexual in Palm Springs a lot of the time. They're kind of everywhere in the desert.
1: Yeah, you're a hummingbird.
0: Yeah, now that I think, yeah, you know, I think you're right. But do you have something from your mother?
1: Yeah, an orange. Whenever I see oranges at a place, I remember I was in New Orleans once and I was doing a show there and uh, I had done this reading with Lorlin Jackson, who's like a medium. Mm -hmm. And, um, who you actually you should do a reading with? That would I be would. really cool. I would love oh, that. Yeah. She,
0: she can come on oh, Ross.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She would love that. She's awesome. I did a reading with her and she said, you know, there's a symbol like your mom wants to communicate with you, but you have to ask her to show you something very specific. That's what you have to do with all people who have died. And I was just like, what symbol? Whatever. And I just thought, I want to see an orange. I was going through a really difficult time. I don't remember what was going on. (laughs) That's always so funny. When you think back, you're like, I know I was going through a difficult time, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah, it was life changing (laughs) and
0: traumatic. But what was that? Yeah, I get it.
1: But I remember my mom saying, oh, I picked an orange uh, because I just love oranges. Like it's happy. They're cold. Well, they should be. And (laughs) I love orange juice. And I just I I don't know. Orange is just a great symbol of optimism to me. Screwdriver is a great cocktail. I get it right right my mm-hmm. mom drank screwdrivers that's the only drink she would ever drink i mean they- she didn't really drink i had to force it down her throat but, <laughs> um but anyway she uh so i was in new orleans and i was like all right i want to see an orange that's out of place and it, it's for me to know that everything's going to be okay and i got outside i got into the car and then this cart drove past us with a huge plastic orange on the roof no. rack strapped in with the little stem coming out of the top oh. and I I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, she said, ask for it and you will get it. I'm telling you. So I always tell people when, like, somebody dies, like I said to my aunt, her son died. This is a few years ago. I was like, you have to ask him for a sign because, of course, she was, you know in hell. Yeah. And I said, you have to ask him for a sign. I promise you it will come. You just have to ask him. Don't tell me what it is. Don't tell anyone. Just tell yourself what it is. And she looked down at her phone and she made the sign, like a certain group of numbers together. And she was uh, driving along, looking at all these license plates, license plates, license plates, trying to figure out if she could see these numbers in the right order. And then her phone rang and it was that number. No. And she picked up the phone, and there was just silence. And the number called her. I'm not kidding. And my aunt... My aunt is a bitch. She does not believe in anything like this. She is like, she yeah. was looking at me like, you know, she's one of those people who's all anti spirituality. There is no afterlife, there's no in between life. I find that to be bullshit. I think that they're, nobody's gone when they're gone. Energy doesn't die, it doesn't yeah. go away. It transforms. That's science. So it, it moves to something else. And yes, my, my mom is no longer here, but my mom is here all the time. I feel my mom's presence all the time. Mm-hmm. And I cultivate that relationship. Like, I would say I have a better relationship now that my mom is dead with her than I did when she was alive, because now she can watch everything from afar. She wouldn't have liked this lifestyle. She wouldn't have liked the loudness or me being in the media all the time. She wouldn't have loved that for me. But I know she wants me to be happy and pursue my like, goals and dreams, you know, my purpose or whatever mm-hmm. I'm doing. Um, so I think with your mom, you know, the hummingbird thing, like, you could always ask her to show up and she will. You know? I think
0: I'm scared of that. I think a little bit. I don't know when, when she died, God. I remember like the the first thing I said after she died, we were in the, my living room, my childhood living room. I grew up and I walked outside and I looked up and I said, now, you know, because we always talked about what happens afterwards. What happens when we die? Where do we go? Cause we had lost my dad and we didn't understand it. We weren't religious people. We, and we didn't understand where do you go? And I, and I said, I looked at the sky and said, now, you know, and so mm-hmm. I don't know. It's been, it's been almost, what, three years now so maybe i'm ready to talk to her i just haven't yet i when a picture comes up i can't do it yet like especially a video or something on my phone i can't maybe it's time do you feel you but you feel at peace with your mom
1: oh yes i feel at peace and i understand what you're talking about three years is the time you're going to do this reading with laura lynn jackson i'm going to text you her mm-hmm. info to text her assistant you're going to do it and she is going to walk you through, and you are going to feel like the weight of the world has been lifted off your shoulders because you're going to know that your mother is in peace yeah. and you're going to be able to cultivate a relationship with her.
0: Yeah, I'm and again, envious of where you are with, with your mother because I would love to be there. You know, I do look at you all the time in terms of like – I think of, you know, in many ways, I want to be like that. I, I hope you you feel that from people. And I hope you feel that from me. And I was watching you. You know, we were in Chelsea lately all those years. And, and then I watched you just the other week. You were on uh, Jimmy Kimmel. You were guest hosting. And I texted you because I thought to myself, that's it. You know, I never really got why we, why you left Chelsea lately, but I get it because this is what you're supposed to be doing. You were, you were, you're never that person. You, When people interview celebrities, there's a lot of bullshit, right? And you have to like, kind of like not really say the truth. You can't pop the balloon, but you're so good. That's why you, why you pop so much in that in on Chelsea lately but when I see you taking on politics politicians like you did on Jimmy Kimmel I thought that's it that's the voice we need right now did you get that response a lot from people because you it happened right when Roe was struck down and it's like someone put you there for a reason Chelsea we needed you
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've got a huge response from that. I got a huge, I mean, people, and it couldn't, the timing couldn't have been more perfect. And I, and it for me too, because I haven't wanted to pursue that again, you know? You hadn't? You were feeling no? Well, no, I, I, I mean, guest hosting is no problem for me. That's, you know, I could do that in my sleep. I love that. I love walking into to a show where it's not my responsibility and I can just go in and bang it out. You know, I did it for Ellen a couple times and I did it that week. And Jimmy Kimmel was, you know, it was all over the news. It was all over the media. I definitely got the vibes. Oh, my voice is needed. And I, for me, it was important to remind myself that my voice is needed because to me, I just, I'm like, oh, a talk show doing that again. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be tied down to one place. I like to bounce around. I have like, you know, I laid the foundation already for the rest of my life doing Chelsea Lately for eight years. I don't want to go back to that kind of schedule, but then I also realized, oh, you—this is what you do. You are this voice, like yeah. you are a person who, who who people look to for her opinion, and you should take it seriously instead of eschewing it and going, eh, "I don't want the responsibility." You know, it's it's not a, it's not only about me, <laughs> you
0: know. Yeah. So, it felt just, so good it, as a viewer. I have to say, just like, you know, we turn to people like Rachel Maddow, who now is once a week, right? Which don't get me started. I'm furious, right? Because what she did is she took this news. The, the news is so insane. And you watch her at the, at the end of the night and she put it into context from a human being point of view. Like, okay, let's break it all down. What's really important? And I felt like your monologues on Kimmel did that. It filled the void we we, we missed with Rachel being gone. I, I, would you do a political show like that? Something, even if it was on MSNBC or, or a news platform, if they went and you could be funny and do it or or a streamer, I don't know. But would you
1: not solely political. I would do so. I want to be more well rounded. I don't want to do solely one thing at all. I, I mean, that's mm. how I get bored. It has to be political <laughs> and it has to be pop culture. It has to be all of it combined. You know, if yeah. I'm going to do it again, I'm going to do it the right way and I'm going to do it the way that I want to do it. And it'll be probably once a week and it'll be like a Friday night. Like, you know, instead of Bill Maher, you go and watch me for a woman's point of view on everything that's happening in the world. Not, I mean, I have a lot of comments about J, J. Lo and Ben Affleck too. Too. it's yeah. not just about politics for me and I find that to be narrow narrow you know, you know narrowing
0: what? I agree with you you changed my mind because I was thinking like maybe you instead of pop culture you would do politics but why couldn't you do it all why couldn't you and I love you I... you could and yeah, we did like even weird stories out of Florida on on Chelsea lately like you can do yeah anything so is it could it come back you've teased you've talked about Chelsea later could come back could it really come back
1: yeah, I mean, we're in conversations now to do a reboot of Chelsea Later, uh, Chelsea Lately into Chelsea Later. I mean, I would my favorite thing about that show was having a roundtable of comedians between all of the comics from Chelsea Lately who have blown up, and all of the new comics that are coming up that are on the road with me, that are opening for me, that are in New York and LA. Like, there's so many fucking awesome comics. Putting them all together in a in a on a format or in a format where everybody, you know, all these guys are complaining about being politically correct and it's so hard to be funny. It's not fucking hard to be funny. All you have to do is not be sexist and racist. If that's a <laughs> tall order for you, then you shouldn't be doing comedy. Then you shouldn't so have a
0: microphone I, in your hand, right? I
1: want all those people to be on and and proving to people, you know, the part that I that interests me less is interviewing celebrities to fill a slot. Like if there's a great celebrity to interview for a reason, then yes, But not to feel like the format has to change and it has to be a little bit more malleable Yeah, because it's much more interesting to hear funny people talking about stuff than it is to hear a celebrity promoting a movie.
0: Absolutely. And maybe if you have to have celebrities on, you bring them into the conversation. You know what I mean? Give them a chance to like share their opinion on something. Well, count me in. You know, if you do it, I want to be there. And look at you still doing what we, we started this conversation talking about how you lift people up. And like, look, even where you're going to go next, you're already thinking about the people that you can lift up to join the conversation. It's just so yeah. in me. it's in you. It is, and I see such a change. It, it evolved. You know, we've all evolved. I'm very different than I was when we met almost 20 years ago. You are now. We're still. You know, our core is the same, but we learn to be better human beings. And I'm curious. You know, you went through a very public uh, relationship, right? Um, you know, I, I we talked on your podcast about how I couldn't, I wouldn't have been ready for my marriage now had I not gone through past relationships and what it taught me and what it learned, uh, what I learned from it. So. What have you learned like where where are you now what have you learned as you say okay here we go let's let's walk forward what what do you know now you didn't know before Well,
1: I know now that I like to be in a relationship, whereas before I thought, no, I can't ever have anybody in my space. You know, that's too much. I can't live with somebody. I can't do this. I had all these parameters and blockades. And then I think, you know, A, I went to two years of really deep therapy to learn about myself. And then my relationship with Joe Coy was a big, huge opening for me. Like it blew my heart open. It blew my mind open. I was able to compromise in a relationship in ways that I never have before. I was able to really take someone else's thoughts, take someone else's thoughts and consider them in my actions and my behavior and my togetherness, you know, like I was able to be a unit with him. And for me, that is huge, immense growth. I would not have been able to tolerate that relationship five years ago. Mm -hmm. I was able to be in this relationship and really love him and be open. And that isn't going to shut now like mm-hmm. once you're open you're open and mm-hmm. I'm not shutting that and now I know that for the next person I am open and I'm mature I don't argue or scream at people you know anymore I don't fight like that I understand the tools I understand when somebody's upset about something that it's a much deeper issue than what they're you know conveying and and so I've changed in the way that I, I do like the togetherness of being in a couple. And that's something that I would have been grossed out to say a long time ago. I get the value of it now and I want it again.
0: I, 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 this is going to sound I hope this isn't like sounding like I there's only one way I can say this and I just hope you take it as I mean it. But I'm just so proud of you. You know, I'm just so proud of, of my friend Chelsea for for who you are now
1: hey when we come so, back
0: well so you can you can give me a compliment back if you want you can um, i was gonna I'm say gonna... i'm
1: so proud of you too <laughs> you've grown a lot and i'm really proud of you i'm so happy for your success and and your personal life and your professional life all of it i'm just it really makes me so happy wait wait, wait
0: chelsea you're not gonna go anywhere coming up we have questions from the listeners it's what we call our final five and it's right after this Oh and we're back with Hello Ross Hello Chelsea. Oh
1: hello Ross it's
0: Chelsea. Okay so we ha- oh, Hi Chelsea are you there? It's me Ross. It's me Chelsea
1: from before. <laughs>
0: um so I have questions for you. Uh, these are from our listeners. Sarah wrote uh, wrote in. She said, "Hey, I've seen that Chelsea's not um great in the kitchen. What is a snack that she makes herself all the time?"
1: Oh, oh, good question. I oh, I always make turkey slices with avocado and mustard. Oh, I so do I that have too. my fat and I have my protein and then I always put white onions in there because I love fucking onions, even though they make you have bad breath. I don't care. I'm you know, I do. A, now,
0: so I do a bad. red onion and a Dijon mustard. So I stink. Oh,
1: yeah. Dijon all the way. All oh, the way. no yellow mustard for this girl. OK,
0: good to know. Hey, Jesse uh, says uh, oh, she wants to know, are you hopeful for the Democratic candidates in 2024 and are you going to endorse anybody?
1: Yeah, I'm endorsing every Democrat. So we don't have lunatics who think pizza and and pedophiles go together. Okay, we have to just elect Democrats so that we don't have any crazy fucking conspiracy theorists like Marjorie Taylor Greene in office representing this country. That is dangerous
0: all right which reminds me to tell the audience next week marjorie taylor green's on hello ross we'll talk to her oh, next week tell her next. i
1: say hello <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, this, i'll send a pizza i'll send a pizza <laughs> this comes from becky uh, who says i love your books can you give us a
0: hint about uh, any upcoming books
1: i am writing a book right now it was supposed to be about my love story with joe coy so i'm pivoting that uh it'll still be about my love story with joe coy but it'll be about uh you know that's part of the story not the whole story now so The whole story is um, growing up and breaking up and walking away from something, you know, no matter how painful it is, out of respect for yourself Hmm. and what you're willing to accept from people, you know, that that, I have a lot to say on that. And I think after my last book, it's been about three or four years since my last book, There's a follow up book necessary because you go to therapy and I wrote my last book was called Life Will Be the Death of Me and it was all about my therapy experience and everything I learned. And then it takes a while to like click in, you know, Mm -hmm. like you get all this information, but then you have to apply it and use it in your life. And that's a whole new step. And that takes its own time.
0: Yeah, it's a real life love story too. You know what I mean? And and yeah. uh, I love that you're still writing it because the, the, the story continues. You're very much like yeah. Carrie Bradshaw like that. Remember in the movie, she said, um, I used to write about love. Now I find I'm writing about what happens after you found it, right? You just have to evolve and be honest yeah. with everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: As long as you're telling your truth, like people relate because they can smell the truth.
0: Totally. And I finally got my Carrie Bradshaw reference in this episode, which is great. Hey, Sharon says uh, that she loves your dogs. Are you going to adopt a third?
1: Um, oh, no, because that's mean. I'm not home enough to have a third dog. My housekeeper basically is their parent and she is with them whenever (laughs) I leave. So I am not going to get another dog so that she has to take care of another dog until one of these dogs, you know, exits.
0: It's a good move. I have three rescue dogs and only two hands. And when you're one person, that's too hard to do. I recommend two max. Okay. Use your foot, Ross. Hey, now, now you're thinking. Thanks, Charles. Thank you. Final You're question welcome. in our final five. Carla says, and this question I included because I just, I don't know if it's an insult or what, but I thought it was a beautiful way to end. Um, Carla asks, who the fuck do you think you are?
1: Chelsea Handler.
0: Understood. Chelsea, I love you.
1: Thank you. I love you. I can't wait to see you, honey. I can't to wait to see you and Welly. I'm going to get double teamed. <laughs> I'll see
0: you at happy hour. And to our listeners, I'll be right back with my happy ending. And welcome back to the program. And a big thanks to Chelsea Handler, who is my first guest. It's a big ask and she did it. And I'm so grateful. Thank you so much, Chelsea. Make sure you follow her at Chelsea Handler everywhere. Check out her podcast, Dear Chelsea, and go see her on tour, the Horny and Vaccinated Tour. All the details are at ChelseaHandler.com. Hey, now it's time for what I like to call my happy ending, which is the very best thing I've seen all week. And all week long, going forward, I'm going to be looking around, whether it's pop culture or the news or just something I see as I'm frolicking around Palm Springs or or New York. What is my favorite thing of the week? Well, this week, it's um, sort of a crossover between pop culture and my real life. Let me explain. You know, I told you I've been working in this business for about 22 years now. And, um, you know, it's hard to measure, like, what success is, What how you really determine if you're successful. Um, one way that I gauge it is this. I realized I would reached a certain level of success when the people from TLC and Discovery Plus started sending me the episodes for my favorite show, 90 Day Fiance, a week before so I could watch them and know what was going to happen. I've never felt power like that in my life, and it felt good. It feels really good because I love terrible, terrible, beautiful, phenomenal dating shows. I just can't get enough. I watch all of them. You know, if there's a dating show with a hook, I'm in love is blind, you know, marrying a stranger. And then the, of course the pinnacle, the jewel on the, the crown of reality dating shows is 90 Day Fiance. And if you don't watch 90 Day Fiance, here it is. The, uh, the idea is, you know, you meet someone from another country, whether it's online or on vacation, and then they, need, they can come visit you and you have 90 days on, a, on what they call a K-1 visa, whether you either get married or they, you know, you have to go back to your, your homeland. Well, okay. And, and just a shout out to the casting directors who find these people, they are unbelievable you are doing the lord's work and i am grateful i am just riveted by these people my husband wellington and i will spend you know hours a week we watch 90 day fiance 90 day fiance the other way where people move to other countries we watch spinoffs um they all like uh chantel um <laughs> and then there's um at the after shows there's um happily ever after 90 day then there's the single life where if they break up they then start dating other people i spend way too much time Okay, now I don't really get starstruck anymore. I told you I've been interviewing people for forever, biggest stars in the world, and you know I can I can hang, except when it comes to 90 Day Fiance people. So yesterday, we're in Palm Springs. My husband's heading back to our place in New York. He texts me, "Oh my God, Jenny from 90 Day is on my plane. Jenny is married to Submit. They live in India now. I'm obsessed. She's." significantly older than submit it's been a fascinating relationship and i tell him baby i love you but if you don't get a picture with jenny don't bother coming home (laughs) and of course i was kidding i think anyway so my beautiful husband when he lands in new york he gets off the plane first and he waited, waited for Jenny to grab her luggage and and walk. And I'm not talking about her emotional baggage. I'm talking about like her carry on to, to grab that. And she walked out and he took a picture with her and sent it to me. And I was on cloud nine. I'm in this text chain, this 90 day text chain with, with a bunch of friends who also watch it. And we couldn't believe it. It couldn't get better than this. And I thought to myself, well, this has to be My happy ending this week, the best thing I've seen, my husband saying next to Jenny. And I didn't think it'd get any better until it did. Because cut to three hours later, I'm still in Palm Springs, and I go to happy hour with my friend. And as he's dropping me off at my car to come home, he's in the middle of a sentence, and I look up and I just scream, stop talking. Because standing over there on the sidewalk on her phone from the the season of 90 Day that just aired is Miona. Miona, who married Jabri, Miona is standing on the sidewalk in Palm Springs on her phone. And I just, without thinking, I get out of the car. Now, mind you, I haven't asked for a picture with a celebrity in over 20 years. I play it cool. You know, I can hang. But something comes over me. I get out of the car. And as she starts walking away and heading to what I assume is an Uber, she gets in the back, sits down, and I run up like an insane person and say, Miona. Miona can I get a selfie? (laughs) And she's like, oh, okay. And she smiles and I take the picture and then she rolls up her window and the Uber pulls away. And you know what? I don't think I've ever been more proud of a decision (laughs) because when I texted that photo of me next to Miona on the same day that my husband met Jenny from 90 day to my friend's You could feel the jealousy. It was palpable. It was in the air. And I was a happy man. And that, that is the best thing I've seen all week. A big thank you to the 90 Day Fiance Gods for giving us that gift. (laughs) And a big thank you to you for listening to my very first episode of Hello, Ross. I promise you every single week, we're going to be having interesting conversations with fascinating people. And oh, here's a, a deep tease. Next week, guess who's stopping by to say hello, Ross? It's the Food Network's Guy Fieri. He just signed a huge $80 million, reportedly $80 million deal with the Food Network. What's it like going from somebody who won Next Food Network star to being the face of the network and uh, a media mogul? Well, we'll talk to him about that, about love, about loss, about family, and about so much more. If there's somebody you'd like to see come over uh, and say Hello Ross to me, tweet me, Instagram me, uh, Facebook me. It'll go down in the DMs. I'm at Hello Ross across all social media. Also, if you see something out there that should be my happy ending next week, let me know as well. It means a lot to me that you've come on this journey with me as I start something brand new. I hope to see you next week on Hello Ross. Until then, bye-bye. Hey, it's me, Ross Matthews. Thanks so much for listening. It means a ton. Make sure you like us, give us a good review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can find us on video at Cumulus Podcast Network on YouTube.